Welcome to the first in the series of podcasts from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review and appraise a journal article from PRS and summarize it for you in this short podcast. The full paper can be obtained from the PRS Journal website. Hi, this is uh, Dr. Damien Marucci and I'm talking with Dr. Rima Hadi for the April 2016 Plastic Surgery Journal Club. The next paper is Quality of Life and Patient Reported Outcomes in Breast Cancer Survivors, a multi-centre comparison of four abdominally-based autologous reconstruction methods. This is by McAdam et al. um, out of the United States and Canada, and it was published in the March 2016 PRS. So, Rima, what was this paper about? Um, There were two parts to this paper. The first part looked at um, a chart review amongst the identified patients, which was actually a massive undertaking because they identified 1,790 patients over five centres throughout the States and Canada. Um, And the first part, as I mentioned, it looked at the chart review of the patients and the outcomes, complications, and what operations they had for breast reconstruction using the abdomen, abdominal wall. The second part of the paper looked at the breast Q survey and looked at patient-reported outcomes for their breast reconstruction. Um, Of the 1,790 patients, um, 670 had a DEP, 293 had a muscle-sparing tram, 144 had a free tram, and 683 patients had a pedicle tram. The breast Q survey was developed uh, at MSK Centre and measured the physical well-being of the abdomen, satisfaction with breasts, satisfaction with outcomes and psychological well-being, psychosocial well-being and sexual well-being. And of the 1,790 patients, 943 patients responded. Um, I think this article was very interesting because it compared the outcomes and complication rates of patients um, between the four different abdominal reconstruction groups. Um, it reported there was no difference in total flap rot loss between the four groups. It uh, uh, reported there was the highest rates of fat necrosis and pedicle trams, and also the highest rates of partial flap loss in the pedicle tram group as well. Um, it then looked at the rates of hernia and bulge requiring surgery and found that patients who'd had a DEP had the lowest rate of 3.1% which was statistically significant to the patients who'd had a pedicle tram, but that comparing between the three groups of DEP, muscle sparing tram and free tram, between these three groups, there was no statistically significant difference in hernia or bulge. So um, this result is also reflected in the breast Q survey and that patients who'd had um, DEPs were the most satisfied, um, but between the actual outcomes of muscle wall strength and clinical function, there was no difference between patients who'd had the free muscle transfers in, in those varying proportions of muscle. Um, so the, the uh, conclusion was, um, is there actually a clinical difference between those three subgroups? Um, I thought the best thing about this paper was that it asked the patients what they thought. Um, certainly we know that lots of papers um, look at objective measures um, muscle wall strength, but we don't really have many papers that look at uh, subjective uh, results. Uh, it, the problem, the major problem we thought about this paper from the, the feedback from the people at the meeting was that it's multi-center and that as a result we don't know what proportion had mesh repair and what proportion didn't have mesh repair. 
um, and that would have been nice. Also, yeah. in terms of although I mean, they did report like uh, how many patients had had mesh in each group, um, but then there was no subgroup analysis as to whether the mesh, say for example, for the patients who'd had a full tram, whether if you had a full tram with mesh, did they get your hernia and bulge rate uh, down to DEP levels, or you know, same with a muscle sparing tram. Um, it, it's almost like as if it was such a huge paper if they could have um, uh, almost uh, sliced it and diced it into a couple of smaller papers. The various subgroups, the various subcategories could have been analysed individually. Um, but it was certainly a huge undertaking and um, uh, the data presented was, uh, was very impressive. It's a very impressive academic ex exercise. Uh, what other comments did, did people have from the Journal Club? Um, the, the discussion was mentioned, um, particularly focusing on um, the variability of the patient cohort and the percentage of smokers between these subgroups, um, which makes it difficult um, sometimes to compare. But within that, there's probably a lot more information that can probably be drawn from that paper, uh, and maybe they will, the authors will do so with time. Although in the concluding parts of the paper they were uh, pointing out how the DF flap was um, uh, statistically significantly better uh, than the pedicle tram. If they didn't have a pedicle tram cohort, the headline of the paper would have been there is no difference between muscle sparing tram, uh, DF and full tram in, in many of the parameters, uh, certainly in the breast cue that, that they looked at. Um, the discussion paper was particularly good, uh, pointing out issues related to smoking, uh, and the issue with symmetry, which is a big part of the breast cue, uh, which gives a distinct advantage to those having a bilateral reconstruction as opposed to a unilateral, where you're trying to uh, match a normal breast. But overall, it was a good paper. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search plastic surgery journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS journal team for their ongoing support.